the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brentsy, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the them, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates, wherever uh, you may be. We're breaking it down. Whatever sport that uh, you bet on, besides lawn bowling and cricket, we're breaking it down uh, tonight. Um, we're in bowl mode, though. It's bowl season. Bowl games are getting serious right now. The Texas Longhorns beat the crap out of the Colorado Buffaloes, even though Sam Ellinger went down. The kid quarterback, Thompson, came in, and, man, the kid looked like Vince Young uh, back there. Lit it up. Texas wins 55-23. Still a solid season, uh, a shortened season for the Colorado uh, Buffaloes. De'Ara King and the Miami Hurricanes bowl misery continued uh, earlier in the day. And, you know, Miami just, you know, they've got now, what, one in nine in their last 10 bowl games. Oklahoma State uh, finds a team that's flakier than they are in the Miami Hurricanes. And shout out to Oklahoma State, number one, instead of Gatorade pouring uh, Cheez-It and uh, a bunch of chips on, and crackers <laughs> on the coach. Uh, but they trolled the Miami Hurricanes pretty hard. Oklahoma State Cowboys had, like, their own, like, touchdown chain and stuff. And every time they scored, they're walking around the sidelines with this chain. You want to talk about uh, beginning a rivalry, these two teams should start playing each other moving forward because even after the game, they nearly came to uh, to blows. Fun stuff. It's nice to see some passion on the football field. All right, we've got the Cotton Bowl tomorrow night, the Florida Gators and the Oklahoma Sooners. If you like the Oklahoma Sooners, you should probably get in on this now, man. The number just keeps going up. You can't find anybody that wants to bet on Florida uh, in this game. Every talk show, every website, every analyst, every handicapper, every guest, every caller, every everybody likes Oklahoma uh, in this spot, which is somewhat concerning. But the Florida Gators, man, the Florida Gators, they had their heart ripped out, all right? They had their heart uh, ripped out. Was it like Ralph Wiggum on the Krusty the Clown show? I'm just here because uh, he, you know, I had a free ticket, and you know they ripped the heart out. And you throw it in the garbage can. Florida Gators had their hearts ripped out against Alabama. It's tough to bounce back after that. Oklahoma Sooners, one of the hottest teams in the country uh, right now, on a roll. And I'll tell you what, Oklahoma eight and two straight up, but seven and three against the spread. These guys have been getting it done. I'm a little concerned about the total, but I do like the Sooners. But the number keeps climbing. The Tulsa Mississippi State off board. We'll get into the National Football League. Updated numbers. I don't know what's going on, who's starting, who's sitting, all that and more. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. As long as you can remember, there's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Thanks to Steve Merrill for stepping up at level one. We got Drew Martin Betts a little bit uh, later on. A lot of stuff I want to get to, actually. Um, we want to get to uh, Russell Okong um, getting, uh, deciding to say, you know what, I'm going to take the money that I make and invest this in Bitcoin. And the comments, actually, are even better for people online 
that and I understand, man, you know, the cryptocurrency world is complicated and I haven't dabbled in it as much as I would uh, like um, late uh, late to the party here. But this is um, it's definitely I, I tell you what, he might be the smartest player in the National Football League. I'll put it that way. <laughs> like, he might be the smartest player in the National uh, Football League uh, to do this. Like who? You know, like this very, very creative, very, very uh, creative, and uh, it's actually ingenious. You know, we talked about Spencer Dinwiddie coming up. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie wanted to sell shares. Spencer Dinwiddie wanted to create his own cryptocurrency and then sell shares of it, which were his contract. So the value of his currency would have been what his contract was. So in other words, you could have bought Spencer Dinwiddie's contract. (laughs) Right. And and the value could have went up with the currency. And it was a very complicated scheme that he had. And I don't mean scheme like bad, but it was like very, very complicated. Yet I don't know if he got it from I don't know if he got it from from Europe or he saw it somewhere about selling shares. You know what it was? I think he got it from the golf world because golfers are able to sell shares in themselves. So I think he thought, I, if golfers can sell shares, why don't I sell shares? But very, very interesting stuff. We'll get into it a little bit later on. I want to get into the San Diego Padre takeover as well. But uh, speaking of takeovers, let's bring in the uh, the kid that's taken over the handicapping world. Andrew McKinnis steps up and in. Sports memo in the house. Wager talk. What's going on, McKinnis? How you doing tonight? What's up, Gabe? Doing great. How are you? Uh, you know, we're doing all right. We can always be doing a better, uh, but um, any day above ground is a good day, as they say, uh, McKinnis. And I was a little bit concerned about the bowl game uh, tonight, both bowl games, actually, when the starting quarterbacks go down. It's the last thing you want to see when you have money on and over of these games, but they both get there. Um, we, we were on the Sacramento Kings uh, tonight, so no complaints. How did you do in the NBA tonight? You know, I've been uh, I've been running pretty good, but uh, it was a one and two night. Um, you know, the the Knicks got me. I, I had the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, and I had the over in that game. Two uh, two clear cut wrong calls it seems, but uh, I had the Phoenix Suns as my lone winner in the NBA over the Pelicans. I like the Suns team. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not buying on, on them like crazy, but in certain spots like this against the Pelicans, I think a team that a lot of people are going to be betting. Uh, the Suns are a team, I think, that if you look at the way they added Chris Paul, he's not only going to be there to score points. You know, tonight he had nine. And I've heard some things about him in the locker room, maybe not being the best leader, but he still does bring that leadership presence. Jay Crowder's look good for them, too. I got the Suns, and they look pretty good, Gabe. And uh, I got to say, everyone's been mentioning the Bills to you, but I was listening to your show yesterday. I got to give you some respect because as much as I could tell you were happy about it, you, you, that you're not satisfied with that. You're not satisfied with, with beating the, the Patriots, especially with the team they are right now. So hats off to you for that. Well, I appreciate uh, that. Well, you've got to act like you've been there uh, before, right? But, yeah, you know, exactly. beating Exactly. You have to. You can't be celebrating a sweep over a team like that, led by Cam Newton. Yeah, the Patriots suck anyways, right? Like, um, they, if they, it would have been different. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the Bills' success, not so much the Patriots' failures. But, yeah. Um, as far as Chris Paul is concerned, Chris Paul is a good leader. I mean, he leads by example on the court, right, with his intensity. He's just kind of a jerk. 
So he is a good leader. But the thing is, he's eased up a little bit. People in Oklahoma City loved him. He got along with the young kids. You know, he'll get along with kids, Chris Paul. He doesn't get along with, like, sort of slackers and older dudes like Harden and some of the guys on the Clippers, and which I, I, I get. So I don't even – I don't blame Chris Paul for the intensity. And the Phoenix Suns need a guy like this. They're overpaying him. But they had the money under the cap, so it was no big deal. But Chris Paul was a plus-minus, plus-19 tonight, and that's the key. And, we, you know, we cashed a prop. We lost a prop with this game. Um, Brandon Ingram had a cold night uh, tonight, only 13 points. But uh, Mikel Bridges, another over tonight, guys. Uh, Mikel Bridges was 11.5 and 12.5 and, and um, goes over the number. 111.86 uh, final score uh, tonight. But NBA's crazy. We were talking about this with Merrill earlier, McKinnis, that the rare opportunities of back-to-backs, weird scheduling stuff, and now we have Milwaukee, who just destroyed Miami tonight. They're actually playing again tomorrow, which is a very unique situation to be in. I'm kicking myself right now for not uh, for not taking that Bucks team, but I guess anybody would be by looking at the score of that game. Uh, yeah, you know, I saw our, our pal Bobano tweeting about this earlier tonight, and it's one of those things right now where you don't really want to take into account the load management, but I, I never like to say this, but I think the NBA out of every other league is really part of your handicap game has to be uh, what's the motivation tonight? What's, what's this guy going to go out there and do? What's the, what's the coaching schemes going to be? What are the rotations going to be like? I mean, I, I had a bet on the Wizards uh, probably about four or five days ago, and it, they had it within five or six points with – couple minutes to go in the game and they just packed it in defensively like you have to know some of this these teams the motivation that they have down the stretch and then as far as back-to-backs go um, is it a good spot for an over is it a good spot for an under because I think it's different for every team um, but this Bucks team they they bounce back you know and I think they they I'm not going to say they needed that but it was definitely uh hey you know take us seriously again kind of game well, the real question about this uh, for, for the rematch now is Jimmy Butler. And I'm assuming that Jimmy Butler is going to be out again. Um, the the opening number, we didn't have a number until just now. Milwaukee are now minus six in this game. Overnight number, Milwaukee Bucks minus six after drilling the Miami Heat tonight. Yet, even if Butler's out, they're gonna, there's going to be that pride factor. We talked about it earlier. You look like the Clippers lost by 50 in the first half the other night. Tonight. You, you knew they were going to step up in the first half. They couldn't not mm-hmm. compete, again, right? And end up uh, smoking uh, the T-Wolves in the first half. But overnight numbers here. Here's an interesting game, actually. The Atlanta Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets lay seven points uh, in this game. They don't have Dinwiddie, but I'm assuming. And as you just stated, McKinnis, and I saw our boy Babano Crying about this on Twitter, saying uh, was the first, first, first day. I'm not like, but so I'm like, did you never know the NBA existed before? He's like, this is the first time in years I've ever capped the NBA in its entirety, and man, is it a headache. And I'm thinking, like, what do you mean the first time it's the NBA? But uh, it really is a headache. There's no doubt about it. Like the NBA on a daily basis, all all leagues now with COVID, but. Baseball, same thing, but basketball especially, bro. It's tough, like, with these overnight predictions and thoughts and bets because 
We really don't freaking know who's going to play ever. We don't know who's going to play, but we also don't know how much they're going to play. We don't know the rotations. And I, I'm really starting to figure that out, and that's, gonna, that's starting to become part of my handicap for these basketball teams. Um, good example, I'll use the same, same team I was just talking about a few moments ago with the Washington Wizards, uh, just because that's a little still fresh in my mind. Uh, you know, yeah, Russell you know, Westbrook, he's just hanging out on, on the bench, right? And how long is he going to sit there until the coach brings him back into the game, Gabe? Oh, that, um, yeah, it doesn't matter about motivation. There's no motivation with them. They're just terrible. <laughs> Don't bet on them. <laughs> We're back with the finish on the other side. Uh, here, yeah, they're struggling. The fun two players, but it's, it's a weird pairing. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now, are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger pass the class kicking it. Andrew McGinnis throwing it down with us as the new year approaches. Uh, yes, sir. We've got one more show tomorrow night, the Wicked Wednesday, and we're going to bring it. And then uh, we've got game time decisions on Thursday. Except, unfortunately, the college bowl game on New Year's Eve uh, has been canceled. Uh, and uh, being the degenerates uh, that we are, that was actually one of the centerpieces. We're not all like McKinnis with hot girlfriends and social lives. And McKinnis is a man on the scene. Uh, me, I was just going to stay in. I was just going to stay in and watch TCU and Arkansas play football. Um, now, I was, I'm not even kidding, actually. I was actually happy when I saw that game was on. I was like, all right. I didn't realize there was a game on, like, literally at 8 o'clock at night. Like, oh, going into the new year and everything, even better. But they're actually, I believe, the NBA. I think the NBA is actually on New Year's Eve. I could be crazy, McKinnis. Let me just double check here right now. But I want to get your NFL thoughts. But what do you think, McKinnis, about this game? Uh, Atlanta Hawks, uh, they've been impressive so far this year. Now they, they get a step up in class. They get the Brooklyn Nets. And we say, well, we don't know who's playing, but we we do. We know that Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the year. And we know that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to be playing in this game. Um, it was just KD just took a rest. So KD and Kyrie are playing in this game. Obviously, no Spencer Dinwiddie. Right now, the Atlanta Hawks are getting seven. Point spread uh, is seven total, 239 and a half. I'm not holding you to a pick, but what's your overnight opinion on this game right now? The overnight look for, for, for me is going to be that this, uh, this Nets team is going to keep things closer than people think. That's kind of what I'm going to say. Six and a half here, it's not giving enough respect to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, keep in mind, obviously, without fans being there, how much we take into account into uh, home court advantage this early in the season. I think right now, if uh, this team's getting healthier and healthier with the Hawks, they have a perfect mixture of high-low action, you know, perimeter play and post play. 
And the biggest thing for them is that if they don't get into selfish basketball, they have enough guys where they can move the ball around and actually, you know, spread the offense around. If they do that, they'll be fine. You know, the last time I spoke with you, which feels like just yesterday, the way time's flying, but uh, we were talking about the depth of the Brooklyn Nets. But you know what? I think when it still comes down to it, it's still going to be those two guys. You know, it's still going to be KD and Kyrie. Uh, making the big plays, and that's expected, obviously. But with, with the Atlanta Hawks, the cool thing about that team is, of course, Trey Young is there, but I feel like they have several guys uh, that are going to, you know, perform on any given night. And, uh, you know, they've got great rebounders, great defenders. Um, you know, even for a team that I would call an over team, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, you know, taking this team right now at uh, plus six and a half. Yeah, and uh, you know, they, I think they're a live dog uh, as well. So, as I stated, total uh, right now, 239 and a half, and they're getting seven points. Brooklyn is minus seven, uh, McKinnis. Not six and a half, seven. <laughs> as I've stated a couple of times, seven points. Um, unless unless you want to take six and a half, go ahead. Um, you know, maybe you want uh, no, to take I'm, the I'm just looking at 11 sports books right now, and that all I'm seeing is six and a half. So, yeah. I'll look at. Yeah, we're looking at FanDuel, and it's seven. So, um, okay. another, another game here is uh, the Charlotte Hornets. is uh, They're getting eight points against Dallas, and it's a big trap for Dallas. Dallas smoked the Clippers the other day. Dallas are a public team, and the Dallas Mavericks are playing the Miami Heat uh, the next game coming up after this as well. Charlotte can fly under the radar here. People don't realize this about Charlotte. I give him credit. I, I ripped the guy because he makes too much money, but – He's been playing well in Gordon Hayward. And Hayward's been playing well. Rozier's been playing well. We've got to keep our eye on P.J. Washington's health for this basketball game. But I'll tell you what, Charlotte are a live dog in this game against uh, Dallas. Dallas stepped up. They hate the Clippers. It's not a surprise they massacred the Clippers. They hate them. Um, you know, they had a war in the playoffs last year that was, like, nasty. So it's, it's not shocking. They don't hate the Charlotte Hornets. It's a different scenario. I think the Hornets are a live dog here. Yeah, Gabe, it's funny you mentioned uh, Gordon Hayward because I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I've never really known uh, how I've thought about him as a player and just kind of where he fit in with that Celtics team. But there's no denying the fact that he's been able to get it done for the Charlotte Hornets team, and he's done exactly what they expect him to do, at least early in the season. Uh, P.J. Washington as well. But Terry Rozier, he's the guy that I'm looking out for because, again, the kind of basketball I always talk about is just unselfish. And I feel like even if he's having a game where he's not filling the stat sheet with points, he's going to get his fair share of assists. He's going to play his defense against the uh, opposition uh, guards. And it makes a difference. And let's talk about the secondary guys for this team. I mean, like you said, uh, Miles Bridges, we've got to be careful, um, see how he's doing and everything like that. But there is some secondary scoring. And, you know, LaMelo Ball, I just don't know what to think about that guy gave I mean, because, I want him to do well. Uh, I've watched his, you know, story over the past couple of years, but he's a turnover machine. You know, he's, uh, he's not built too heavy. You know, he's easy to get knocked off the ball, but the main five for this team, um, they, they can hang. I think they can hang around. You know, it's a pretty good number here that we're getting. And to be quite honest with you, I don't like this Dallas Mavericks team that much. And by saying I don't like them, obviously I know what they're capable of, but um, I don't think that they are what they're, uh, they're said to be besides, uh, as we know, Luka Doncic. Luka's amazing, but he can only do so much. I feel like on a lot of given nights, if you like the Dallas Mavericks, 
you better just take some props on Luca. Take some props uh, on some other top guys to score because they might they might score, but that secondary scoring won't be there. I think Dallas, you know, they're still learning, they're still developing. He's still young as far as the NBA is concerned. But Dallas are a type of team, in my opinion, they'll play up or down. They can play up or down to the level of competition, right? Like they can show up against a really good team and look good. I all disagree, though. But I think in this spot, I think Charlotte are good. I just think the spread's too high here at eight points. I think I think they're Charlotte are good enough to hang around uh, with Dallas in a spot like this. And as you talked about, the motivation is a big key, right? There's like you know we've seen this. Is there, is it a coincidence? And I know there was injuries involved, but still, is it a coincidence that the that the Milwaukee Bucks got beat up and routed in the playoffs by the Miami Heat? And they just played tonight, and they decided to beat them by 47. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever the hell it was. I think it was 47, what, 144-97? You know what I mean? Was that a coincidence? Yeah, I get Jimmy Butler was out, but they still, like, didn't let up. They kicked the living crap out of them, right? And was it a coincidence that the largest halftime deficit in NBA history happened to be with the Mavericks and the Clippers in a series in which, like, they nearly came to blows multiple times and there was nasty words said on the court? Uh, there was, you know, so you see, like, motivation is a big key here. And as I stated, Charlotte, but come on, if you're a Dallas Maverick player, you're, you know, we're thinking about the Charlotte uh, Hornets right now more than they are, McKinnis. <laughs> like, Dallas Maverick players, right now at home. They're, they're at home playing video games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we just Dallas. spent, Gabe, more time talking about that matchup than any player is currently talking about that yeah. Dallas and Charlotte yeah. matchup. Yes, like nobody on Dallas is talking about this game to each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll show up tomorrow. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it's Charlotte tonight? All right. Okay, let's go. Right? Like, you know, like people, uh, you know, it's such a situational league. Uh, it really is. Got the Lakers and Spurs tomorrow. That That's a tougher one as well. I'd like to lean uh, with the Spurs here, but the game to catch my eye actually the most is Charlotte. It is Charlotte. That's the one that catches my eye the most. Atlanta's tough, man. Brooklyn are nasty, right? Brooklyn can lay it on you. God knows what will happen. But the spread the spread has me somewhat interested uh, in Atlanta. All right, so let's take a look. at the, what, what do you think of the NFL this week? What are you looking at uh, in the National Football League? It's an interesting slate. I, I kind of like this time of year, though, because if you really just do your research and, and, and check everything out, then you can find some pretty good spots. And, you know, you look at the Baltimore Cincy matchup right now. Baltimore, they're, they've made a pretty good reputation for not really showing up as much against the top teams and then beating down these bottom tier teams. So we're still seeing Cincy, um, you know, they're getting 13 points here after the performance that they had last weekend. I'm not really going to just n- avoid that and just look at, look away from what I saw. I mean, I saw them play a decent game of football and – You've been saying it. You've been backing underdogs over the past couple of weeks, and I think that there's still going to be some great underdog spots available uh, on this card. So that's one look I already had. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I thought they'd be a pretty good spot here. And, and Jacksonville, again, I'm looking at this team. I know what just happened to them. Uh, but, again, I think down the stretch, the motivation will be there for them, and we can use that word all we want. Um, but you look at this Colts team, don't you think they want to just get themselves out uh, get your get just get themselves to the playoffs. I mean, how I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team can actually hang around, and uh, 14 points is a lot here in this one. 
That's one that would concern me, actually. I'd be concerned uh, that the Colts won't play around, right? That they're going to be pissed off. They just blew a 24-7 lead. They know that some someone has to stumble for the Colts. That's their problem, right? But they can't control that. They're going to need somebody to stumble for them to get into the postseason. Uh, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. listen, Baltimore do a great job kicking the crap out of bad teams. But weird things happen in the last games of the year when teams need to get into the playoffs. <laughs> like The one that catches <laughs> my eye, yeah, I'm telling you, they do. The one that catches my eye the most, and we'll hit it on the other side, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So That's the other ben one I was going to say, Gabe. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's out, but the point spread is 10 points. So what? Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball further than seven yards anyways. Late night anger, man. Class continues. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. As long as you can remember. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memory, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Well, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy on him. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? But it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi Ben Yorick. Drew Martin, that's going to step up in a little bit uh, later on. A lot of stuff I still want to get to, but we're talking NFL football right now uh, with uh, Wager Talk, Wager Talk TV's Andrew McInnes. Um, so talking McInnes here about the uh, the Pittsburgh Steeler game. So the point spreads up to 10 right now. Mason Rudolph is going to be in. And remember, man, things got pretty hostile. It's almost like the Steelers are trolling the Browns and just adding like gasoline to this, right? <laughs> like coming in to the game. And you got to remember people, it is the Cleveland Browns we're talking about here. They, you know, they haven't exercised any demons yet, and they got to win the game, let alone try to win the game by 11 points to cover. Uh, it's 10, but to get to 11 to win. And how about this? Because the last time, the last time the Cleveland Browns, guys, the last time the Cleveland Browns were favored by seven or more points against the Pittsburgh Steelers was 1989. 1989, guys. That's the last time. The Cleveland Browns were favored by more than seven points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now the number just keeps going up. Oh, Big Ben's out. Man, everyone's been whipping Big Ben and saying how bad he is. Now he's out and the number goes up. Uh, This number is too high. I don't know what you're doing uh, with this, but I'm not betting on a Cleveland Brown team that's three and seven against the spread in their last 10 games and is now has to win a game by 10 points when they have all the pressure of not making the playoffs in 100 years on their backs. No way in hell. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm right there with you. You know, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm making this kind of my theme of my segment as far as motivation goes. But how about a team, uh, first of all, like you said, the, the last team this, uh, this guy played, Rudolph, we all know what happened. We know the tensions are going to be crazy. And, and it makes for a storyline, at least. I'll, I'll say that because maybe it doesn't make it that much different for him. But the Browns coming off a loss against the Jets. If there's ever a team to mention, as far as the NFL goes, that plays down a competition, we have to classify the Cleveland Browns. 
in that category, Gabe. I mean, if you just look towards their schedule and you look at the game they had to show up for, they need, at least need to play a good performance, they've sort of been around the game. You know, that was an exciting Browns versus Titans game a few weeks back, you know. Uh, Ravens and Browns, close game, high scoring. But you look when they play the Jags. You look when they play the Jets. You look even when they play the Giants. Uh, they, they haven't proven to me they're going to beat anybody up. And now try and beat up this Pittsburgh Steelers team that has receivers all over the field um, with, a, with a quarterback coming in there that did not look too bad last year That when he did play. You know, and I think that with the right coaching and the right uh, game plan, they could easily, if not win the game, keep it within. Uh, I don't even think you're asking me too big of a favor. That's a, that's a bet for me. I think it's kind of the opposite. A lot of people are going to look at these bets and say, okay, good, Big Ben's out, sign me up for a Browns ticket. You know, <laughs> And I think it's the exact opposite of that. It's, it's more of, yeah, sure, Big Ben is out. I'm looking for the backup and uh, see how good this guy is. We still have the same team out there that got them this far. And that's kind of what I believe. It's the same thing for me with hockey. I love betting on teams with uh, the backup goaltenders in a lot more value. Yeah, I can't argue that. And another, another strange number here right now is the Miami, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are minus one in this game. And there's just an, there's an assumption that the Bills are going to sit everybody in this game yet i'm not sure of that i don't know if everyone's going to play four quarters i don't i I don't know what the deal is and it's tricky right now we're not in the heads of these coaches and general managers that are making these decisions right now and they have their reasons that we're not privy to right and they're not going to tell us yeah you know what we might you know we win this game and then we have to play this team and we can't stop this guy and you know we don't like that matchup we we prefer this but they're never going to tell you that publicly Right? Like teams will never say, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we prefer to play these guys. Yeah, we'd much rather play the Browns than the Ravens. So we're going to lose this. We're going to try to tank this game. And we don't care about going on the road because we're going to beat these guys anyways. Right? Like who knows what they're actually thinking. But as a Bills fan, I'd hope, I just want to see them keep rolling, bro. I want to keep them seeing, I just want to see them keep rolling. But whatever. I'm just a jackass talk show host. I'm not the general manager or a head coach of a National Football League team, so I'll trust Bean and McDermott. But strange situation, plus the Dolphins need the game. They got to win the game to get into the playoffs here. And, man, the Dolphins are on a roll right now. What's your take on the Dolphins and the Bills game? Exactly. The the Miami Dolphins, the game definitely is more important to them. But I'm right there with you. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, what they've accomplished – um, pretty much all, at all positions, defensively even as well in certain games, they do not want to be that team that says, you know what, you guys have all played well, great game last week, you know, have the week off. That's not really what I predict. Um, if anything, what I'd be doing with this game is looking at the under. I think this could actually be a, a smash-mouth game, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, plays on the ground and uh, not really a too much of a deep ball kind of game. This is a, one of those ones going to be kind of messy, not too fun to watch. It'll, it'll just be Bills and Dolphins fans watching it and uh, degenerate gamblers because I think it's not going to be too much of an exciting game. I think as far as in-game betting goes, Gabe, we could look at the in-game under as well. I mean, if this game starts flashy, the Bills start to look good, then the coaching staff says, all right, all right, settle down a little bit. Uh, but there's no doubt in my mind this Bills team wants to keep it going, wants to keep that momentum. 
they don't want to stop this. They don't want to uh, stop the train right now. They like what they're doing coming off that win against the Pats. Um, wh- why go ahead and just bend over? Well, it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, why go ahead and just, uh, yeah, not unless uh, someone's paying you enough money to do it, McKinnon. <laughs> uh, but that's besides, that's besides. I mean, I mean, I understand it would be safety, safety concerns, I guess. Of course, I'm sure anyone could uh, play devil's advocate to me and talk about injuries and things like that. But I think they're professional athletes and keeping up to form is really important. And I think that with this team in particular, and I was curious before I hopped on this show with you to get your thoughts on it, you know, from a handicapping standpoint, but also from a fan standpoint, Gabe, like, do you want, do you want digs out there running these long routes, trying to, you know, make himself available or do you want him? Hey, take it easy, man. Yes. Yes. I would play the game to its extent. Like uh, basically I'd go out there and kick the crap out of them and then pull my guys once we were up, you know, that's, that's the way I would approach it. And I think that's, I, you know, I'm sort of guessing, I don't know. It's tough. Like the bills have never been in this situation before, right? Like the bills have made the playoffs, but not where they're like really good where it's like, all right, we have the luxury of thinking about things, but you got to remember guys. Okay. Everybody, and this goes cycles back to Pittsburgh here in the sense that everybody would don't think that Pittsburgh don't care suddenly. Guys, Ben Roethlisberger is probably hurt. All right? You, you know, listen, we've been critical of Ben. You think there's got, there's reasons why he can't throw the ball right now, right? Cam Stewart's been talking about it all the time that, you know, there's a million things wrong with him. He's fighting through it. And in their case, they're like, you know what? His arm is falling off. We've got to get him better. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're going to lose in the playoffs. The Bills are in a different situation. As hot as Josh Allen is, you don't want to rest this guy right now. But then there's the devil's advocate of it, bro, in which, McKinnis, the Bills aren't going to be the one seed, right? They know this. And the Bills aren't really fearful of the road. They're good on the road. They don't have fans anyways at home. There's not fans anywhere for the most part. It's so the, Either way, they're going to have to go through Kansas City. And the other thing is, they have to play three games, guys, just to get to the damn Super Bowl. They'd have to play the wild card weekend, the divisional round weekend, and then the conference championship weekend if they got that far. You throw in this game playing hard, that's another, that's like a month of football. So I can sort of see their thinking that, you know what? We want to just get ready for like this, this, this real haul that the games that really matter. It's a tricky situation. I guess it's a good luxury to have to be a fan of a team that's in that spot, right? I'll say this, Gabe. Don't you think that Miami is a good example of a team to go out there, though, and get that competitiveness out there, but then also, hey, pull it out a little bit in the third or fourth quarter? Because this is a good opportunity for Miami. This game means something to them. So it's going to be one of those games for them where they're going to go out there and they're going to have a game plan ready to go. And the Bills, like you said, aren't going to have that same mindset. They know their storyline, but... I don't know. I guess I'm just a little bit more on the side of staying sharp because these are athletes. They have top-notch care for them. Um, Unless you're injured that bad, you're going to get taken care of. I think keeping in form is is really important because I always say you can't replicate uh, a game in practice and those kind of reps. So you don't want to go in and say, what was the last time I caught a meaningful ball? Was it against the Patriots? No. Was it against, uh, you know... No, but you're right. But the thing is, too, is that the Miami Dolphins, you know, forget about the Patriots. The Dolphins have been the Bills' rivals over the years. 
The Dolphins are a division rival who are damn good. As we stated earlier, I don't care you beat the Patriots. Now get rid of the Dolphins. Like, you know, really what? You're going to roll over and let the Dolphins into the playoffs? And then what happens? What happens exactly. when we're going to play these guys after? And then they beat you. How's that going to look? Right? Like, and you say, oh, gee, you know what? Oh, we should have just knocked these guys out. We would have played the Cleveland Browns instead. You know, like, you know, don't get cocky and start picking your spots, man, about who you're going to play. I hate that stuff. But I know teams do it. They do. They just won't tell you publicly, right? They're not going to tell the media that. Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, we think this team sucks, right? We think their offensive line sucks and we'll kill them, right? They're not going to tell you that. But football's all – it's like sports are all matchups, right? Sports sports are all uh, matchups. Um, it's, it's interesting, but it's crazy, McKinsey, because we were talking about how <coughs> the NBA is a pain in the ass to handicap. Now, this this last week, in the NFL is <laughs> as well. Uh, right now and look at the rams how about this rams number the rams and the cardinals so jared goff is out yet kyler Mur and cam Akers is out and um or he has been out and now cooper cups got COVID. he's on the COVID list now he could be cleared by sunday yet this number is lingering here right now that's another strange point spread man a lot of strange point spreads uh, this, this week. All right, listen, we're going to a break here. During the break, because we've got like two minutes on the other side. Think of a pick or two you want to wrap up uh, as a bow, as a, a holiday offering to the, the listeners of the show. And uh, NFL, NBA, whatever. Uh, it's all good. I know you're betting on the World Juniors as well, which I don't have a problem with. My problem with the World Juniors is for people, not everybody, not every book has it. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone can bet it everywhere. It's sort of like it's definitely you know, some books have it, some books don't. And I don't like talking about sports or props and stuff that not everybody can get in on, right? You know that that's the thing. But uh, you know, tricky, tricky week, tricky week this week in the National uh, Football uh, League. And just as far as Josh Allen is concerned, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs record-setting nights uh, last night. Allen, most TDs in single-season uh, Buffalo Bills history. Stephon Diggs, new single-season Bills receiving yard uh, record. Guys, like we're talking about Andre Reid and Jim Kelly. And these guys have had Hall of Famers on the team uh, before. Uh, incredibly impressive. And we're, we're going to compare Josh Allen and Mahomes' numbers a little bit later on, and it might uh, it might blow blow your mind. And this might not blow your mind. Haskins, Haskins was unclaimed on waivers. I'm telling you right now, so he's a free agent right now. If I was the Philadelphia Eagles, I would sign him. And if I was Haskins, I'd do it just to screw Washington over. Bring it. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you gotta do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Level two. Into the three minute warning. McKinnis uh, with us one last time in 2020. What a year that it was, 2020, coming to a close. And um, hey, we're getting there, people. It's like 48 hours right now, depending on where you are. 
All right, uh, McKinnis. So we got a we got a minute or two here. What are you looking at? What do you what what are your leans? Overnight leans NBA or NFL uh, this week right now? Just real quick, Gabe. Just to go back to that game because the more I look at it and the the more I I, I read about it. I already like this uh, this Steelers play, but talking about it with you, it's it's gotten me really into it. I like that game a lot. Uh, that'll certainly be a play that I'm jumping on here tonight. Uh, you just look at it, and like you said, you threw out the stats for this Browns team covering in general, then covering against the Steelers in the history, uh, and then putting Rudolph into the mix. I'm not saying this is going to be an outstanding game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I am saying that there's no reason that I believe the Cleveland Browns should be laying the number that they are. I'm going to go ahead here and take the Steelers. As far as the NBA action goes, you and I already talked about the Hawks. I think that number is pretty good there for them as well, playing the underdog role. As well, though, looking at that game, look at the total in that one, 240. So to start off the season, I said this Hawks team is going to be a huge over team. You can say that, but you can say that without looking at the numbers. Uh, Memphis played the Hawks uh, just a few short days ago, and the total was 238 and a half, and that one flew under the total. I think the same thing happens tomorrow uh, when the Hawks and the Nets meet. Many people think just because you have sharp shooters and you have guys that can score, that means over the total. Well, we got to take numbers into account. 240 to me uh, is far too high. These, uh, if you're looking at taking overs in these games, take the first half. The pace slows down tremendously. The top players actually start to try on defense, and uh, the game changes quite a bit. I don't think those odds and the odd makers take that into account, how much the game flow changes, the pace changes, and the mentality of these teams change. I like the under as well, under 240 Hawks and Nets. Happy New Year, McKenna. Sports Race Late Night continues. Bring it. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.